like if you look at what they've done with making it affordable, allowing people to make simple free designs, opening up to the community so that you don't have to be an expert. And then also like partnering with Google Certificate and, and Coursera to teach people that don't know anything about design how to use it and using Figma as the mechanism. I think that all, all that's really smart and that's gonna get more people into the Figma ecosystem. guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, on a scale from zero to rage quit, how mad do you get when designs are not aligned? Hey man, if the software can do it for you and it can auto-align, that's the best. That's what I'm saying. Uh, today's show, we're talking about Figma, a web-based vector graphics and prototyping tool. Ah, uh, that was so, so nice, so succinct and, and so delightful. <laughs> and so many buzzwords in there, vectors, graphics, prototyping. I'm trying um, to hit so, all the keywords, all the search engine optimization stuff. <laughs> exactly. Trying to get we'll our podcast to the top. Totally. We'll convert it to text and put that into SEO. But as Jeff said, Figma is a prototyping tool that's heavily used in the technology space. I know a ton of product folks use it for creating lightweight sketches, designs, and small prototypes. And a little anecdote here, and Jeff, I'm sure you have some experience with this, or maybe a lot of experience with this, is sometimes lower fidelity in your prototypes is way better. I think like every time I've showed something that looks more real to leadership, they always get super excited and they're like, hey, let's ship this tomorrow. And I'm like, well, it's just a, it's just a design. It's just a prototype. And they're like, oh, why does it look so nice? So what we started to do is actually use Comic Sans and like, just like, there's like a sketch feature in our prototyping tool that just shows that it's um, obviously not, not real. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you've had that issue before in the past, but what are your thoughts there? Um, I haven't had that issue. I think part of it is because we tend to share different phases when we do our prototyping. So we will do like a lo-fi, mid-fi, hi-fi. And then I think there's a clear expectation that Figma doesn't mean production. Part of it maybe is expectation management, but I totally hear what you're saying. Like it's it's so close, right? It feels like everything's clickable and really good prototypes. You can actually click through and I've seen people use high fidelity prototypes in user research. So the people that are in the research sessions are, are privy to the fact that this is you know not a real thing. Totally. And maybe it's just doing a better job of expectation management, but I'll never forget. And maybe, you know, the granted, like leadership is always like seeing a billion different things. So if they see something that looks real, they're like, hey, let's, let's ship this tomorrow. So that makes sense. Cool. Well, let's talk about Figma's customer experience. So I had not used Figma deeply before this episode. So I actually went through their onboarding process. So they actually have a really nice eight-step onboarding process. So once you go to figma.com, you make your account, it actually opens up a, something called a sample file. And there's eight different sections in this, and it walks you through um, different sections and different learning concepts, which I thought was really nice because you're you know in a live Figma file, you're learning the software, and you're learning like one specific action to do for each one. So for exa example, you have um, a screen that walks you through effects, and then one that goes through fonts, and then vector networks grouping and artboards, constraints, exporting, sharing, and collaboration. So kind of takes you through all the basics that you need to learn to start to be dangerous and create those <laughs> those fake prototypes for your leadership <laughs> if you're making a, a fake app. But I know from like a personal perspective, Jeff, you, you're using Figma to create our social media posts for each product explained episode. Do you also use Figma for work? Yeah, we also use Figma for work. We have a designer on our team and she's definitely the Figma expert, not me. But 
What I like about Figma is that you can get started really quickly. I think it's a pretty low barrier of entry to just get a couple designs on there. I think you already kind of alluded to the fact that there's some good pre-existing content that you can just kind of modify and configure if you're not the designer. And so that's something I've done in the past before is like reuse components that are in design libraries and things like that. And just showing the core concepts of what we're trying to accomplish and letting at the end of the day, like the front end engineers build uh, what they want. But overall, yeah, we, we definitely use Figma a lot and it's a great, great tool. Totally. And I'm super excited because like at, at my work, like we just got a Figma license and our design team, our UX team is starting to move towards Figma, which is uh, really nice. Like I know even just for like, you know, different review stages for we were creating an in-app experience and we had to get like pr- previously we used Confluence and mm-hmm. it was just a nightmare of this giant, essentially Excel table for anyone that hasn't used Confluence before with yeah. a screenshot of an app. And then describing what each button did and everything. Oof. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was not, not good. And then like, if anyone wanted to comment on certain things, it was just like, someone would just write, Hey, like we need to adjust this. And there was nothing else besides that. I'm like, what does this even mean? Like, there's no context. I don't know when you did this. Has it been resolved yet? So there's nothing. So I'm really glad that we're moving to like an actual built forward design management and UX creation tool. So yeah, I'm excited to, to start diving into it over the next, the next few months. Yeah, you're definitely going to love it. I think it was like, again, super accessible for people like me when I was first interested in building low fidelity prototypes. In a previous life, I was at a startup without a designer on board. Um, So I was doing some really lightweight designs and had to pick up Figma to do that. And that was like a really easy thing to do once I kind of figure out how to use it and stuff like that. Totally. And there's something to be said about prototypes. The first time that my mind was blown with a prototype, it was actually a PowerPoint for my like internship in 2011 when I was interning at Autodesk where one of the other interns had created a UX for like an Autodesk industrial design software or is it maybe it was like a I can't remember the actual it was media entertainment software mm-hmm. Jeff you might you might remember the names I'm blanking on all the names for the Autodesk it software like Maya and it was else. Maya yep yeah. it was Maya yep um and so he was basically creating a new screen in Maya and then he basically had just overlaid like 18 different screens in Microsoft PowerPoint and so like he would like move his cursor over it in his presentation and click it but that would really just click over to the next slide yeah and then he had it all like mapped out and planned out oh cool yeah but that just blew my mind. I was like, whoa, like, did you build this? He's like, it's just pictures. <laughs> like, so yeah. it was like the part the power of the prototype is really cool and also conveys a story. Um so I am, yeah, like I said, super excited for this this tool. Awesome. So we can talk about the business model. So Figma as a company as a whole, they offer two main products. So they offer Figma for design and prototyping, which is which Jeff and I have primarily talked about their prototyping tool. And they also have something called Fig Jam, which is <laughs> really cool. It's an awesome name for a, a tool if you're named Figma. But the Fig Jam tool is a whiteboarding tool where you can create stuff like process maps that will go from step one, step two, so on and so forth, and all the details in between there. And even if you just open up the, the Fig Jam I'm going to get tongue-tied saying Fig Jam so many (laughs) times. But yeah, you open up the Fig Jam and you can collaborate with folks. I know, especially with the past two years of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, finding a really good whiteboarding tool has been hard for me. So again, I'm excited to to dive into this and have that. In terms of the pricing, so Figma starts as a freemium model. So, you know, anyone can work with Figma. It allows for unlimited collaborators on three Figma or three Fig Jam files, and you get unlimited personal files. Um, so, you know, they're really helping to just lower the 
barrier of entry for folks to get started. And I think really the gate starts to happen or the, you know, the monetary gate starts to happen if you want to start sharing this with more than three people. But from there, they offer three tiers of subscription. I think we've seen this time in and time again with all the software mm-hmm. subscription uh, services. And so the first tier after freemium is professional. So it's 12 bucks a month per user. You get more features like unlimited sharing, team collaboration tools. You can upgrade then to the quote unquote organizational for $45 per month per user. And this gets you all the professional features um, and seven additional features like branching and merging. And I remember, Jeff, when you and I were at Autodesk working with Fusion 360, that was like the, the next thing. big, yeah. yeah, it was going to blow everyone's mind was branching and merging. And I don't know if it did, but I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. But maybe I just have that like Kool-Aid, you know, still Kool-Aid yeah. reserves still stuck in my head. I don't know about you. I remember like branching and merging is coming in the next quarter and then you know that would get pushed back and i don't know i i think that they ended up launching some version of branching and merging but it's been so many years since we've worked in fusion 360 so maybe not totally yeah so don't take this as the gospel for fusion 360 if you're a cad <laughs> fan <laughs> so going back to the business model figma so the last is enterprise and you know, Figma seems to be one of the few companies that actually publishes how much their enterprise software starts at, but it starts at $75 per month and you get some organizational level features, which adds seven additional features like hands-on training and then more workspace administration, which makes sense as you grow an organization, you need to, you know, manage like who sees what. Um, and just speaking of this, like I am currently watching the Theranos uh, Hulu docuseries. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that yet, Jeff. Or I've seen one it? of them. I don't remember which one I saw. I don't remember if it was Hulu or the Netflix one. Well, so this one is the uh, the fictionalized version with um, oh. uh, Amanda Seyfried as a as playing. I Elizabeth haven't seen Holmes. that yet. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's really good, and so I can totally see like there's I think in episode three, and this is a total tangent for our listeners, but in episode three of this uh, yeah, Elizabeth uh, Holmes series on Hulu. Um, there's a scene where Elizabeth Holmes just goes nuts and like locks off every single department from each department. So like the engineering department can't see the science department and the science department can't talk to the design. And there's literally security guards like in, you know, saying that, hey, sir, you can't go in here. He's like, what do you mean? I just, my friends are there. Like, let me talk to them. And he can't. But that's kind of how I see with this, uh, this figma of, you know, the, the burying the organizational feature to have a workspace administration. Um, Maybe that's a bad anecdote. Our listeners can let us know if that was not good or not. But <laughs> um, but the last thing I'll say with the business model before I kick it off back to you, Jeff, is um, the Figma professional version is free for students and educators, which I thought was interesting because it also follows uh, the business model that you and I were very privy to with giving away educational software for free. So I thought it was just interesting that it um, you know kind of ties the knot with our Autodesk days and how they're going to market with the pro version. I want to also talk about FigJam for a bit. Have you tried out FigJam? I think you just started to use Figma or like check out Figma, right? I haven't yet, but I'm just like, I opened up like the FigJam process map and I'm like so excited. I actually wrote down on my to-do list like just now that I need to make it a new process map because we previously have this old process map for, um, you know, one of our, uh, our milestone mapping for at work and I'm excited to, to redo this. I sound like a total nerd that I'm getting excited about this, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that we had used a lot of different prototyping tools. I won't call them prototyping. I'll call them whiteboarding tools specifically at Autodesk. Like we had you, or I remember using mural um, mm, yep. and then Miro, which is it's hard to distinguish <laughs> the two when you're talking on a podcast, but M I R O um, was another whiteboarding tool that I had tried. And now that we're like a Figma 
organization, um, obviously naturally we moved into using FigJam. I think what's cool is that, you know, a lot of people can jump in, give their ideas, et cetera, and kind of float around. And yeah, I think that that's you know, a very key part of the prototyping process is whiteboarding is mostly around brainstorming, expanding and con- contracting a list of ideas, um, ideating, um, synthesizing, et cetera. So all that stuff is like, I think, really key to getting your product or feature from mainly an idea and more and more baked out until it's like a workable prototype. Totally. You said all the buzzwords again right there. That was like a, a nice like clip. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, let's jump into the history of the product. Relatively, Figma is a generally a pretty new startup, and it's really impressive how they've taken, I guess, like the tech space by storm. So originally it was founded um, by two Brown University computer science students, um, Dylan Field and Evan Wallace in 2012. They were both exploring a couple different ideas while they were at Brown, including software for drones and a, even a meme generator. I think that's, that's really funny because I think in 2012, both of those things were really popular. Memes were like really, really popular and drones were like, I remember DJI was a really big thing. I mean, still kind of is. Mike, you bought a drone. I bought a drone. I haven't really touched my drone in a couple of years, but <laughs> exactly. I won't say it's a fad, but yeah, it, it was a, a very hot topic at that time. So Field was named a Teal Fellow in 2012. So Peter Teal is obviously a well-known figure in technology. And that net him basically $1,000 in exchange to ask him to leave Brown. Like they, they basically told him, hey, take a leave of absence and come do this fellowship for $100,000. Wallace joined him shortly after uh, completing his degree. And they both kind of worked on this idea of this you know, prototyping software based on the web uh, full time. In December of 2015, Figma offered their first free invite only preview. Um, and then September of 2016, they saw its first public release. So it took a couple years um, from like main ideation to offering its first prototype. All things considered, because it kind of came out in 2016 publicly to now, that's some pretty fast growth. I, totally. I, I know a lot of, I, I would call them like product forward companies that really prioritize design, they prioritize visuals, they prioritize experience. And a lot of those companies are using a tool like Figma. So I, I think it's a good time to be uh, thinking about the customer and thinking about how they use your product or, or, or feature. Figma really helps enable that sort of behavior. Totally. And I, I wish that we worked at like a, a radio station, Jeff, and we just had a a button that we could smash to have like sound effects. Cause when you said Teal fellow, I really just wanted to say like the PayPal mafia, you know, and have, and have that like, you know, cause Peter Teal is like one of the founders and part of the founders of PayPal and part of the quote unquote, uh, PayPal mafia, which we've talked about a handful of times in this episode. I think, uh, if, you know, maybe at the end of the year, Mike and I will invest in a soundboard and we'll get a lot of the cool clips in there for you. But, uh, yeah, in 2019 Figma launched Figma community, allowing their users to kind of publish their work. This is pretty in line with how design generally works in UI UX. There are other websites like Dribble and Behance that people like to showcase their portfolios and like other things that they've designed. So if you've ever kind of thought about, hey, what does a dropdown in a money app look like? Uh, you'll probably find like thousands of concepts <laughs> on a website like Dribble or Behance. And in this case, Figma's uh, Figma community. Like Mike mentioned in 2021, FigJam launched, which is a digital whiteboard product. Just to highlight the funding over the years. In 2013, they raised $3.8 million in seed funding. So that was pretty much right after they had started the idea. Um, $15 million in Series A in 2015. $25 million in a Series B in 2018. $40 million in 2019 in Series C. $50 million in 2020 in Series D. In 2021, they're valued at over um, $10 billion in 2021. 
That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Figma's had tremendous growth. And like I mentioned, anecdotally, I look across all the tech companies in the Bay Area and I noticed a lot of companies are using Figma. Totally. And just looking at like our shared Google Doc that we're like, you know, reading our scripts off of, it's crazy to see how textbook Figma is in terms of like venture capital. It's like, you know, someone dropped out. It's like the, yeah. you know, teal fellow a, check. <laughs> exactly. And then like raised, you know, seed funding, A, B, C, D series rounds. And then yeah, now they're valued at, you know, $10 billion. But just like seeing like the incremental and like you know, the timing of like 2013 to 2015, 2018, um, just seems like really interesting and, you know, really smart. So um, yeah, I, I just wanted to call that out. It's <laughs> just like staring at this super yeah. interesting how like textbook this is, but cool. We can talk about who Figma is for. So you know, we've definitely been hammering down that Figma is definitely a prototyping design tool. And as Jeff mentioned, there's the FigJam tool, which is now the, the whiteboarding tool. But I really see two main customer segments. So the first is, uh, you know, rough slash quick users that are just using this tool to create low fidelity mocks and the other customer segment as, you know, power users. So these are the actual UX designers who are creating professional prototypes. So I'll name these two segments, uh, segment one, the rough uh, quick users as product managers and the second as UX designers for the actual professional prototypes. Um, Jeff, you can let me know if you agree or disagree with those two segments. Yeah, I think in general, you may find some cases where product managers dip into higher fidelity designs. PMs come from a bunch of different cloths. Sometimes they were previously designers themselves. But in my case, I usually provide feedback on designs. I kind of think at a high level about does this design solve our overall goals? Is this something that will lead to a better customer experience in general. And then usually kind of think about, you know, how might the customer perceive this and use this? And designers can help me with what's best practice. What are um, the design standards of our company? How do we adhere to them? Things like that. Totally. And I would say that they're definitely like, you know, Venn diagram-ish bubbles and they might like overlap. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure, sure like how big the middle is, but, yeah. you know, just to give a rough idea of the size. So um, it's estimated by getlaka.com. I think I said that right, <laughs> but that. Figma has 50,000 paying customers and about $51.1 million in revenue in 2022 for expectations. Um, it definitely feels like a huge opportunity space for Figma. So I was trying to come up with, you know, what's a good proxy to look at Figma's mm-hmm. opportunity size? And, you know, as you mentioned, Jeff, Figma is valued today at over $10 billion, which is crazy. So um, I wanted to look at a competitor or potentially something similar in that space. So I looked at Adobe. Um, so Adobe as a company raked in about billion in 2020. So it's just a massive opportunity segment for them to to, to go after. So, you know, looking at the total number of customers and users that they could go after, um, you know, in those two different segments that I talked about, there's 1 million UX designers in the US today with that number expected to grow by 2050 um, or in 2050 rather to over 100 million folks. And then with the other segment, the product management segment, there's currently 700,000 professionals on LinkedIn that list their title as product manager in 2020. And that number previously was 146,000 product managers in 2014. Wow. So yeah, both the UX designers as well as the product manager segments are growing rapidly. So I think that you know Figma's in this really interesting space where there's definitely a lot of money in the space today currently, and as well as there's a huge you know area of growth in the future with both UX design and, and product management, because I think those are both like amazing careers and just really awesome work that can be done for companies. Yeah, let's shift gears into talking about other folks that have tried to capitalize on this sort of design and prototyping space. I think one of the main competitors is Sketch. 
And I believe Sketch is a, a Mac-only software. I think a lot of people um, that weren't using Figma were already using Sketch. Envision is another very large uh, design product that mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have used before. I think it's more of a premium product. I haven't personally gotten a chance to use Envision. Um, Figma just seems so accessible at the time uh, yeah. that I picked up Figma first. And, and I think now... I mean, this is anecdotal, but it seems like Figma might be outpacing Envision from from what I've seen. I haven't actually been in a company that's used Envision. It's funny because so. we're switching from Envision to, uh, to, to Figma. Actually, we, yeah. we use both, I guess, because it's like each yeah. team can use their own. Their own. So like, mm-hmm. my specific team is like switching from Envision to Figma, which is which is cool. And uh, yeah, Envision was a great tool, but I, I definitely like how the barrier of entry just seems lower with Figma. It's just yeah. I can dive right in. Yeah. And just to touch on that really quickly, I think what I've found is that there seems to be more... I guess like beginner design courses anchored around Figma. Like if you go to Udemy, there's some design courses. I think Coursera has one uh, that utilizes Figma. I want to also say that the Google design certificate also utilizes Figma. So, I mean, that that obviously helps as well. Get uh, people into the funnel uh, using Figma over something like Envision. Another competitor that we talked about a bit was uh, Miro and Mural. Uh, both of those are around whiteboarding tools and then Mikey mentioned Adobe. Um, Adobe XD is another prototyping software that Adobe had come up with. So I think if you're already kind of in that Adobe suite, it probably makes sense to use Adobe XD um, just because it's it's nice to be in one ecosystem. But a lot of times these uh, large tech companies might not need the other arms of the Adobe Creative Cloud suite. Like they may not necessarily need Photoshop or or anything like that. So they like a standalone product that is meant solely for prototyping like Figma. Totally. And just like kind of like breaking down kind of how I see like Adobe versus a Figma, it almost just feels like enterprise software in just being super entrenched. Like think like your oracles of the world where they you can just charge massive amounts of money to other companies because they have this whole entire workforce like using it. And Adobe kind of feels like that to some regards with, with this specific product. And then, you know, Figma or InVision or these other companies come in and more towards like the lower barrier of entry, you can get started. Like the UX is a lot cleaner and it's more geared towards like those individual users and small to medium business and startups. Um, and I think that they're kind of going like bottoms up to kind of, you know, eat away from Adobe's uh, current market segment share. But that's like my, <laughs> just talking through it, I kind of see this mental map in my head of like established enterprise software versus, you know, the younger scrappier software companies like Figma. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to give your thoughts or you want me to give mine? I'm happy to start if you, if you want. Yeah. I can I can dive in so because uh, I'm not super familiar with it since I've just you know started with that but you know I'm gonna give Figma a 4.0 flat just because I usually reserve products that are four star products or above as products that I want to start using and want to start jumping in and just from this episode and my research it made me you know super excited to start diving in and look at the process maps on FigJam all the way to just creating some basic design files and just getting used to and experiment with a sophomore. Like I, I get excited about a couple things that I can do immediately with my workflow to, to improve what I'm currently working on. What I like the most about, you know, this kind of tying this back to our initial conversation and our opener of just alignment and design. Like I just find it so critical to make sure like things like look crisp, things like are auto aligned and they just have a cohesive flow. Cause I think ultimately it just works into, it's, it's almost like a branding um, question where if everything is the same, you have this like design consistency that people are used to seeing. It's just, speaks to that brand better and that's at like a company-wide level when Mm -hmm. you see all these advertisements but i also think it's like at like your employee brand and like your individual contributor level like 
if you're known as the person that always has like really nice looking things or really crisp looking things, you kind of get this reputation that your brand that you build to say, hey, you know, Mike or Jeff or Sally or whoever can create really really powerful stories with with their designs. And I'm always a stickler when I use PowerPoint because that's, I guess, my primary prototyping tool today. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm just making sure that it's like super crisp and like, you know, it's it's as accurate as I can and everything everything's aligned and the colors are right and the palettes are right. And, you know, I might spend a little bit more time than I should, but it's just super important to me to, to create that just personal brand of kind of having that clean design. So yeah, four, four flat for me, and I, m- I might change that up or down depending on as I dive in over the next few months with the software. For me, I'm actually going to give this probably one of the highest scores I have so far. I'm going to give it a 4.7. Whoa. Um, what I found really awesome about Figma is that it just, it's such a useful tool. And I feel like while there have been other competitors in the space, it hasn't been as easy to get into some of the things as, as Figma. I like the you know freemium model. It's able to get me into using the product really quickly. I like that there's a large ecosystem. So even though I might not have a good idea or don't want to waste the time on like recreating a drop-down menu, there's probably mm-hmm. thousands of drop-down menus out there that people have created in Figma. So the community piece is really good. I'm glad that they started... Uh, thinking about whiteboarding products like Fig Jam, so you can kind of even just ideate and use that. I really like their commenting system. It integrates well with Slack. I mean, there's just a lot of things that they do really, really right. And I think one of the favorite things I like doing, weirdly, is reviewing designs in Figma. Like, doing the work itself is kind of difficult, and this is why I'm not the designer. But I think (laughs) it's just, like, really conducive to feedback and then allowing people to kind of chime in. And me, as that product manager archetype that you listed earlier... I think it plays really well into like what I'm looking for, which is, hey, I just want to like see this thing kind of fleshed out 50, 70, 90% of the way there. I want to comment about how this might work or look from the end user's perspective, maybe make a couple changes or designs myself, but not feel like it's so burdensome to even just like leave a comment. And so yep. I think that that's really good. And then obviously there's something that they're doing really well for them to grow at this clip. And I think most of it is probably around barrier of access. Uh, like, if you look at what they've done with making it affordable, allowing people to make simple free designs, opening up to the community so that you don't have to be an expert, and then also like partnering with Google Certificate and, and Coursera to teach people that don't know anything about design how to use it and using Figma as the mechanism. I think that all, all that's really smart and that's going to get more people into the Figma ecosystem to grow them into power users. Now, me, myself, I'm not a power user. And I think that even like Figma, while it is great for low barrier of entry, I think it's hard to get to that power user state. Unfortunately, I think that's the same case with any design tools. Like you and I can speak to Fusion 360. I felt like you and I were pretty proficient at it, but we still weren't yeah. pro level. Even I, though we were looking at it every day, right? I'd so, beg to differ. I feel like we were in like the top, like the Bernie Sanders, yeah. 1% of top 1% of Fusion maybe, 360 users. And maybe there's still people that were like much, much better than us. But I, I, totally, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you though. Yeah, I think that that's just like, that's just a problem that pro tools have, like, especially if you are trying to cater to both ends of the spectrum, like very new people and very professional experienced people, it's just kind of hard to meet both ends. So I think, I think that's why I'm not giving it a higher score. But I think overall, like everything that they've done says like, hey, come into our ecosystem, yep. uh, we'll teach you how to at least put some designs together and get you started. There's a large group of people that you can lean on. And like, if the, if the thing that you're trying to do is pure prototyping instead of building the end thing, then like, this is, you know, this is the place to do that. So yeah, overall, I think it's a great product. Awesome. Well, I 
I'm blown away, Jeff, at 4.7. I know uh, we keep a spreadsheet of our average scores, and I consistently rate things, I think, 5 or 10% higher than Jeff. So this might even the scales, Jeff. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this uh, one outlier. Exactly. Awesome. I thought it was a really cool episode. And I enjoy talking about Figma and just design. I know it's super critical. Jeff and I are both product managers and we have to communicate with designers all the time. And this is an important way and tool for us to do so. So definitely reach out to us. You can find us at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and of course, if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.